That's why they're dreams. If they were in, if they were in your comfort zone, they would be reality. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and you probably know the drill by now. Uh, Zoe, uh, I was watching some clips from uh, the a clip, I watched it probably five times, from the original uh, Star Trek series, this place you can't see off camera, for those of you watching at home, it's essentially the Museum of Star Trek, uh, the original series. And it's this famous quote of, of, of Captain Kirk, who's told that if we take this uh, choice, it's going to be very risky and some bad things could happen. And he basically says, risk is our business. That's why we're here. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this idea of managed of managed risk. So I think really the topic is audacity. Uh, one of the things that I've learned over life is that is that you will reach a number of uh, occasions <clears throat> where you will find yourself with a decision as to whether to jump or not. In other words, whether to leave the situation that you are in now, which Look, if your situation is desperate, jumping is not much of a choice, right? But maybe a job that you're that you're uh, had for a long time, steady income, regular income, whatever the case may be. And there comes a number of times in your life when you're presented with opportunities that are risky, and and sometimes you jump and sometimes you don't. My experience personally has been that I've never regretted jumping. I've always regretted the shot I didn't take. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to talk about this idea of managed risk, not not insane risk, not daredevilism, and certainly not the kind of audacity that's like, how dare you have the audacity to speak to me that way. I'm talking about this essential ingredient for uh, entrepreneurial success and, and, and really achieving your dreams, and that is, are you willing to risk stability, financial stability, uh, your location, Everything you own, are you willing to sign your entire house, your car, your more? Are you willing to sign it away uh, in order to achieve the dream? And and there are so many cases where people hear the success story about that. Well, I risked it all, and and now look at me, I'm I'm doing great. A lot of people risk it all, and 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 it ruins them. So, what do you think about this idea of of audacity and 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 taking that leap into the unknown in order to get to where you want to go? It definitely does take that audacity, man. And, and you know, there's a, it's like there's no really solid formula to it. You hear about these success stories and, you know, uh, as, as I like, uh, as, as you say, yeah, I'm a, a success, overnight success and 40 years in the making. You know, That's so, right. You know, and uh, but sometimes we see these things and it looks like it happened overnight. And, you know, people will tell you how they did it. And those things don't always, you know, work for other people. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, you got these calculated risks. You do the research, you find out, you know, what was successful for this person and what may be successful that person or the mistakes that this person made and whatnot. And there's so many variables. Uh, you could have, you know, a great product. Uh, even even my um, my martial arts instructor would tell me, it's like, look, man, I you think that just because somebody becomes uh, a doctor gets their degree. You think that's an automatic success? No, I, I know I've, I've, I've had uh, people I've graduated with who, who can't even do anything with their degree. You know, so it's like 
you, you have these ideas of success and maybe you have these resources available to you to succeed and you take the risks and they don't pan out. But getting back to the risk factor, and, and like you said, these, these risks that you manage, these risk assessments that you make. Um, yeah, you definitely want to do those and you want to have be able to have the confidence that if you go through with this, uh, you have the recourse to be able to do it, um, you know, in terms of or you don't exactly want to uh, risk it all. But we're looking at the reward. You can risk it all to gain it all. And if the risk uh, is calculated to where it's like, look, man, according to this and this and this and the ducks line up. You know, uh, uh, say your prayers and pull the trigger. It's funny you say, say your prayers, because there are a number of um, uh, aphorisms, you know, uh, statements from the Bible, obviously, seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive. It's not it's not you shall receive. Right. Or, or you shall find it's a it's a two step process. Mm. And that first step, the asking, the seeking can be risky. Uh, one of my favorites is the expression, you know, jump and the net will appear, mm. uh, which I find very comforting. And I think of all of them, uh, the one that has sustained me the most is be bold and mighty forces will rush to your aid. All of these seem, all of these things seem to indicate that taking a risk, a positive risk, not like I said, not something daredevil or, or or tempting fate or anything like that. But it, it seems like virtually all of the advice on this subject is more or less one way, and that is go for it. And I just think that that's we've talked about hard work, we've talked about persistence, and and this audacity. I think is is probably the last of the key components to to living the kind of life you want to lead. If you've done the hard work and you've stayed with it long enough and you've and you've created your own luck, I, I that's what I believe. I don't believe that uh, certainly luck enters into your life and and you need luck to succeed. But you make your own luck. The longer you're at you know at bat swinging, the better your chance of hitting something. Um, and so I think finally comes a point when it's like, okay, all these things are in place. Here's your opportunity. You're going to take it or not. Uh, there are a lot of people out there, and I've certainly had my moments like this, where you don't want to act because let's say it's let's say it's a uh, I'll give you a great exact uh, an actual example. <clears throat> There's a Confederate general in the Civil War named Joseph Johnson. He had a reputation for being a crack shot, just a really great shot with a with a rifle and a shotgun, and he would be invited to go out on on like you know pheasant shooting trips in between shooting other people trips. And the people who went out with him said he never, there was always something quite, oh, the wind wasn't right, oh, the sunlight or the angle. He never took the shot. And he never took the shot because he didn't want to blow his reputation. And what this really boils down to for individual people is there's a, there's a lot of this out there, and I've suffered from this myself. Michael Jordan summed it up. He said, I've, I've, uh, I've missed... Uh, 100% of the shots that I didn't take. Um, but the thing about the, about the leap is as long as, as long as it's still in the future, as long as it's still in your head, you haven't succeeded, but you haven't failed either. Right. This, I think is why so many people reach this point and stop because it, it's almost like the, 
the, the thing exists in kind of this quantum state where it's both of them and none of them at the same time. If I do this risky thing, I may get what I want, but if I, if I do it and I fail, then everything that I've hoped to be true is not true. And, and I'd rather have the comfort of not having to make that decision just yet. And, and so people kind of, you know, pull back and uh, well, yeah, a little more preparation, a little more this, a little more that. There comes a point when you have to pull the trigger. There comes a point when you have to take the shot. If you don't take the shot, you are, you've done all of this work and persistence for nothing. And yet at that instant, at that moment, I often feel myself saying, if you do this, then the possibility that it will happen disappears. It will either then happen or not happen, but you don't get to walk around with this kind of rosy view of the future. Oh, when I get there, I'm going to be ready to go. You know what I mean? Indeed, man. And, and, and once again, it's just that factor of you put all these things in place and the, the timing of it, I mean, may, some people may want to call it luck. Uh, you got this idea and you, you want to put it out there and, and you have different people saying, no, man, you should just do it. And then you have the, the mindset, well, it's not ready yet. It's, not, it's like, look, man, if you don't if you don't do something, then you'll just go unsung. And then you do it. And then people say, yeah, man, you should have you should have cleaned that up first before you done that. Now your reputation is it. So it's like, which way do you follow? Uh, but, you know, speaking of like doing things, you know, you want to talk about you want to talk about a risk and uh, and, and a. <laughs> in a cosmic risk assessment, you know, when 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 the Lord spoke everything into existence, what a risk that was, you know. And the thing is, um, now one would say, I mean, man, with all this stuff that goes on, you know, why would God even bring us to existence and all these problems and stuff like that? Um, well, the thing is, God is life and God is not selfish. I'm not going to keep the power of life to myself. All right, I'm going to give I'm going to allow you the experience of life and with the experience of life comes complications. Uh, now, you can either follow my lead on this and we can have pretty much we, we can have a problem free universe. Just stick to what I'm telling you. Or you could be rebellious and you think that you can find your own truth and we're going to have some problems. Right now, God did a risk assessment on that. And it's like, look, man, uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to redeem all this. But we're going to have some problems, especially when he brought man into the picture. Right. I'm going to create a representation of myself now. Hey, now, God being the triune God that he is. Right. And, if, and for anybody who struggles with with understanding how God can be three entities in one. Just think water. OK, <laughs> solid vapor and liquid. All right. Mm -hmm. And they can exist in three states even at the same time. Uh, in these three states at the same time. That's and a even, great example. Right? Even, even the word three, when people say that there's no such thing as the Trinity in the Bible, actually the Hebrew word for three actually breaks down to mean triad. All right? It means Trinity. Uh, so, but in doing this, and as he's having this conversation, let us make man in our image. Like, hey man, you know what happens when you do this, right? You, you, you understand the risk involved. So, I mean, just, you know, I'm taking, admittedly, I'm taking liberties here with that conversation. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about a risk assessment, but look at the reward, though, you know, the reward out of coming up this, 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 you know, when we think about this big, beautiful universe that we could see with that new telescope that we got out there. And man, we will be able to enjoy life in perpetuity to see it all. Every one of them that the Lord has, every star the Lord has ignited and named, we will be able to see them and have all the time to be able to do it. 
wow, how about that for a reward for risk? You know what I'm saying? So when I think about things like that, and you've got this idea and you got to be persistent with this idea. You got to, you know, you got to refine it. But at the same time, you know, don't bury it, you know, trying to, you know, perfect it and all that sort of stuff. And, and once again, man, I'm just there's there, the schools of thought on that could change at any time. The dynamics of who's who your target, your demographic is uh, all these things, man, where you think that you might have it lined up and work for this person and work for this person. This is going to work for me. Nope. It may not, or it might. Well, you're talking about creation. Uh, my friend Jim said something that just went through me like a like a diamond bullet. Mm. He said, everything in nature is true. Mm. The second he said that, I thought, yes, I get that immediately. Uh, deer are not capable of deception. They do what they do, and, and, and so do wolves, and so do bees, and so do uh, roaches, and so do whales. They, they, they do what they do, and they do it perfectly. And, and the creation of man is not the, is not the anything particularly different about man physiologically, but the quality of, of man that's so remarkable is free will, is, is the ability to make a choice. The, and, and again, as Jim says, humans are the only people who can become deceived and, and wander away from the truth because they're the only ones that have opinions. Mm. And, and I thought that was profoundly interesting and extremely true. First of all, I think I think God gave humans free will because I think He wanted it. I think He wanted to be interested. I think He wanted a, an interesting world. Um, but this kind of comes full circle to what we're talking about. Ultimately, the ability to be audacious, to to have the audacity to 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 make a leap, to make a jump, is ultimately the expression of of free will. That's what it is. It's. It's just that simple. It's you, you are not only presented with the choice, you are given the means of making a choice. You're given the option. You, God's ability to grant free will to humans is you can do it or you can't do it. I'm not going to tell you which. It's up to you. Make a decision. I know a lot of people, there's a, a, a famous uh, study, I think it was a Jung, I think it was Carl Jung who wrote a book called, no, no, sorry, it was, I think it was Eric Fromm, who wrote a book called Escape from Freedom. Mm. And, and his argument was that for many people, freedom is just too scary. Uh, it's too risky. You have to, in America, for example, when it, during the, the Soviet times, a number of, of uh, Soviet dissidents would come to America land of freedom and that's exactly what they got but it was the freedom to have to make your rent you had to you had to make your rent right yep. you had to have a job you had to make your rent you had to buy your own clothes you had to buy your own food you had to buy insurance you had to do all of these things that the state did for you back in the soviet union and many of them couldn't handle it a, a significant number of them went back cuz they they couldn't take the the risks that freedom demands of you you have in a perfectly free society, we won't, we'll exclude things like murder and so on, but in a, in a, in a free country, in a free country the way it used to be, and hopefully in, will be again, you have essentially an unlimited number of choices. And you have the means to say, I'd do this, but not do this, based on your own risk assessment, how much audacity you have, and so on. But I, I keep coming back to this to the sense that looking back on my own life, most every time I've been presented with this opportunity, I took it. 
the the decision to quit being a TV editor and start doing videos at PJTV, for example. That was, you know, a, I don't know if I can do these things. Uh, so usually I think it works out. And and I think I think the universe is kind of built that way. I think that if you if you have done the preparatory work, the hard work, and the persistence. You've done your homework and you've paid your dues, right? You make sure that you're not you're, you're not just blindly running off a cliff. You are making a calculated leap. I'm going to have to get this many miles per hour and launch at this kind of angle to get there. But if I do that, then I should be okay. You still got to jump off. You still got to jump the ramp, right? So I find that this is this in a this this last minute uh, inability or unwillingness to actually take the main chance has stopped a lot of people, and and I, as we often do on this show, I'd like to see if we can do anything to encourage people to to make the audacious decision if you've done your planning and if you're careful. Be bold. And mighty forces will come to your aid. Indeed, man. It's like, uh, you know, realize that, uh, especially, you know, for myself, you know, I realize that the Lord is my refuge and I, I realize that he is my, my fortification. He's my fortress. So I can go ahead and go into this mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and not have my security in my ideas or my abilities. You know, I, I have my yep. security uh, in him. The um, It's a lovely feeling. It is. It is. And, you know, we don't. You know, when we talk about that, you were speaking about freedom. Um, you know, I always I, I end up coming back, you know, to, to, to the Israelites. And, you know, when they were go- before the exodus happening, you know, they're crying out to God and they're and they're, you know, expressing their grievance. And it wasn't freedom that they wanted. I don't recall them ever asking for freedom. They wanted to be comfortable in their slavery. And that's we see that a lot today or they, they, you have this comfort zone. The thing is, if you want to if you want to achieve your dreams, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Your dreams yes. are in your comfort zone. Absolutely. One hundred percent. That's why they're dreams. If they were in if they were in your comfort zone, they would be reality. Yes, absolutely right. Yes. They're not in your comfort zone. We, we, and then you have to ask yourself, well, which do you want? Do you want to be happy or do you want to be comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing is, so they're not asking for freedom. And then when they got their taste of it, it's like, look, man, you want freedom? You're going to have to cross, you know, the, these waters that I've parted for you. And, and even after yeah. all that, even after everything that God has demonstrated, when he when he brought those plagues, this is God actually taking on all the gods that Egypt worshipped. Every one of those plagues represents a God that, that Egypt worshipped. And God's like, man, I've got power over all of your idols, even your Pharaoh who considers himself God on earth. I don't tell Pharaoh, uh, I don't harden his heart just to deny him free will. That's not why I did that. Pharaoh's heart was already hard. He was already doing you guys dirty. I just helped him to be more of what he was. But the thing is, I can only make your so-called God on earth do that if I use him as a puppet. Now, I have proven to you that I am God by taking control of your God. So in doing that, I'm saying Everything that the Lord has demonstrated to the Israelites to show that I am God of all, they still got out there and said, man, we want to go back to Egypt. This is uncomfortable for us. We had fish and we had meat back in Egypt. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden you guys were just in this wonderful world while you were crying out about slavery just a minute ago. You know, so we get comfortable and then we get a taste of how rugged individualism and rugged pursuits of freedom is. 
And then, you know, we get scared and we start getting wobbly or even like, um, you know, Jesus on the boat. He's kicking me. He's taking a nap in the boat and this and the water start getting all choppy and stuff. And they start getting scared. It's like, look, man, don't you know that you are riding in the boat with freedom right now? Man, I, I'm the author of liberty. I am freedom. Chill. Right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and tell the, the storm to chill out because it's easier to do that than tell you to chill out. You know, so <laughs> I'll just go ahead and do that. But, you know, it, it, there is these. You, you know, you got to be able to just figure, look, man, just like we said earlier, you got to be able to get out of your comfort zone because that's where that's where the um, the reality of the dream is. Yep, absolutely. And of all the stories in the Bible, the one that's the most amazing to me is is the idea of the of them, you know, having seen the plagues, gone through the parting of the Red Sea, manna falling from heaven, you know, column of, uh, of fire and smoke. And then deciding that they they need the golden calf. Mm. That to me, it, on its surface, you think that's just unbelievable. But then you realize, no, that's how people are. That's how they are. They wanted the security. They mm. wanted the comfort of something that they could touch as opposed to the much, much, much greater universe available to them by the thing that they couldn't touch. Mm. And I guess we all have to make our own decisions on this one. Go for it. That's my advice. <laughs> uh, this show is made possible by the members of BillWhittle.com. We're very grateful for all of you for your continued support. For my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time here on The Virtue Center.